0: And I don't know if you know this about me, but I am a graduate of Hot Dog University. This is a real place, okay? <laughs> People don't think it is. I'm going to... I'm holding up a pen to... We're on Skype right now, right? Can you yeah, see Yeah, I can read that, that. It says, it says Hot, Hot Dog, Dog University, all right? It's, okay, I can show you the syllabus. It's um, somewhere on my bookshelf. It's a real place. This is the final call
1: for a The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 236. At 23.5 miles, Chicago's Western Avenue is the world's longest continuous city street. I'd walk that, as long as I could stop at all 55 deep dish pizza places on the way. One, two, three. two, three, four, I'll show you Paris soon. Don't have because we're going there soon. don't have because we're going there soon. Hello travel nerds and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who has served as a bike courier in Chicago, a DJ in Japan, and an unofficial tour guide to the Windy City for friends and family for years, including myself a few weekends ago, and a 100% funnier than Andy Milanakis. <laughs> My good friend and knower of all things Chicago, Kevin House. Kev, thanks for joining us today, and welcome. Hey, how's it going, Travis? When, when are you getting your own show? Wasn't Andy on... Was it MTV...
0: He was on MTV. Uh, I, he, it was really funny. When I was living out in Tokyo, he put up on his Instagram, I'm going to Tokyo, and I kind of left a throwaway message like, hey, I'll show you around. A couple of weeks later, I was co-hosting a travel show on the internet with him in Japan.
1: Yeah, and, and I do think you took some of his thunder because he did tell you, hey, man, you're funny, but I'm supposed to be the funny one, right? He did tell me that.
0: Uh, when we were in between takes to chill out with the jokes. Well,
1: I'm not I gonna, I'm not gonna tell you that today. You can be as funny as you want. And if you guys haven't listened to a Destination's Diary episode before, what we do in these Destination Diary podcasts, we give you a real authentic look at a city or a place. We tell you everything we would and wouldn't do based on our own experience. So it's a real on the ground account based on our own experiences there. And typically it's Heather and I discussing a place we've just been. But since I solo traveled to Chicago and I had the good fortune of uh, meeting up with Kevin, who knows infinitely more about the city than I do. Today's Destination Diary episode is even a little more special because we've got an expert on it. And um, if you like this episode and you want to listen to other Destination Diary episodes, we've done a lot now. So here are some of the following places. And Kev, I know you can relate to the first one. Japan. We did yes. a Destination Diary episode all on Japan. We tried to cover the yes. whole country in one episode. So
0: yeah. I, I thought about leaving you some, uh, some tweets on some of the words you mispronounced on that show. The limited Japanese I know. I could have corrected you on,
1: but I yeah, couldn't well, go beyond you, that. Could, you could correct me with English, I'm sure, too. <laughs> Japanese and English. So we've done Destination Diary episodes on Japan, Cape yep. Town, Chiang Mai, Guatemala, Philadelphia, Portugal, Santiago de Compostela in Spain. Portland, Oregon, Colorado, Croatia, India, Nashville, New Orleans, now Chicago, so quite an eclectic mix of places, regions, sometimes countries, and you can get all those episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or of course, at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods, that's where all our 230 plus episodes live, so you can get that there. And today, Kev, some of the stuff we're going to be telling people. I've got a, a little cheat sheet here so you know what's coming up. We're going to be talking about the best places to get deep dish pizza. I'm really interested in hearing your thoughts because we went out to get deep dish pizza. Don't know if it's the best in Chicago. We'll see. Uh, we're going to highlight some of our favorite breweries in the city. We're going to talk about where you can get the best views of the city, and, uh, including a few places that will cost you less than if you went up the Willis Tower. We might debate Cubs White Sox a little bit.
0: Uh. I the Cubs, I'm not familiar with them. <laughs> I'm not sure who you're talking about. I think there's a team in the the Triple A team in Iowa. <laughs> The Des
1: Moines Cubs. The Des Moines Cubs, uh, Is the I best neighborhoods <laughs> to, uh, to walk and bike around. We're going to tell you where to stay and we're going to give you some authentic activities that you can only do in Chicago. And at the end, we're going to reveal our one thing you can't miss if you go to Chicago, the one thing you could skip and one thing we, we wish we had done and one thing that Kevin wishes he had done, even though he lives there or wishes he had done more. So we're going to talk about all that. Um, and throughout, we're going to squeeze in as many Kevin House fun facts as possible, right? We can make yes. that promise to people. Yes,
0: they are. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll try to sneak them in. Like I said, I don't know which ones are true and which ones are not true at this point in my life, but I'm, feel free to leave comments or send me tweets or uh, about what is right and wrong. But this is how I remember the facts that I was told. So. Yeah, I
1: think in, in one and a half days of hanging out, I probably heard at least a hundred different Kevin House fun <laughs> facts. I believe them all. They're
0: all yeah, so do I. <laughs> but not everyone else does. So.
1: Uh, but first, Kev, the real question, because I was there in June. It was gorgeous. Summer cool. in Chicago. Uh, I It blew me away. Absolutely fantastic. But should anyone consider visiting Chicago during the winter time?
0: Uh, generally, no. It's not a great place to be in the winter. You know, those fir- that first month of winter, December, when the snow is new, the Christmas lights are out, the shopping streets are lit up, everybody's just getting into winter, it can be kind of romantic and beautiful and that and that, but then by February when the snow is like half dirt, half black... It's negative 20 out. No one's seen the sun in 90 days. You know, your your skin is a, is, is three shades paler than it was back in November. No, don't come. Stay away. Like, go somewhere else. Uh, because if you come like you did, I've known many people who have visited in the summer, fallen in love, even moved. You have to fall in love with it to get through the winters. You really have to love it. So if you come in the winter, you're not going to love it. You're not going to enjoy it, you're not going to want to come back
1: so give us give us the window like if you were to tell someone the the best times to come to Chicago um as a traveler as a tourist, let's say they're coming you know for a couple days a week, whatever, when is the best time to come is it is it summertime are there certain times in summer that are better than others, or is there other times that are good as well It's
0: definitely june July August I mean the spring and the fall are so chaotic and unpredictable with their weather. Um, I've seen it snow in October. I've seen it snow in May. But I've also seen it 85 in October and 85 in May. You really do not know what you're getting yourself into in those spring and fall months that it's really hard to just be like, well, I'm going to go for that. So come in the summer, June, July, August. August, it gets kind of humid. but uh, I mean, we don't have like a rainy season or anything like they have in Japan, where it's just going to rain for like one whole month or anything like that. It's, you might get a bad day here though. Like today it was yesterday, two days ago, it was 90. Today it's a high of 68.
1: So So it can vary even in the summer, but you're, you're predominantly going to get, I mean, I was there and I got beautiful weather. It was sunny and yeah, it got a little hot, you know, uh, like middle nineties, maybe not even that high, maybe like low nineties and it was hot, but I take that any day over bone-chilling cold, especially if you're going to be traveling, because then you want to get outside and do stuff anyway.
0: Right, right, yeah. It was you, had, yeah. It was abnormally hot the the weekend you were in. Actually, it was hotter. It was above average. Uh, yeah, it's never too humid here, though. That's I mean, it, it's a little humid, but it's nothing compared to like really humid places like Houston or Atlanta, where it's just like just, like thick as a brick humidity, like so. We are, we are on a lake, but it's not. it doesn't get too bad.
1: Yeah. So let's start with thinking about one of the things that you can do in Chicago, regardless of the temperature, regardless of the weather. That is a thing that all Chicagoans like to do. I also, I feel like I am an adopted Chicagoan here because I spent three <laughs> days eating as much as humanly possible. I mean, I'm telling you, I could not have eaten any more than I did. In the name of research, I had to try out all these places. So let's talk about eating and uh and, and the food scene and the restaurant scene in Chicago because it it runs the gamut from you know uh really cheap, good meals to like super expensive stuff. What are some of the things that you recommend trying? We could talk about like dishes that you would recommend trying or as well as like places that you would just recommend people go.
0: Yeah, I mean, Chicago is a really special food city. I would totally agree with you on that because we do have some of the most groundbreaking high-end uh, Michelin starred restaurants that you know you would expect to find in world-class cities like London or York City or Tokyo or Paris um, that you wouldn't be shocked to find. I myself can't often find myself in these places because, you know, I live on a budget. But uh, if you can afford it, go for it. But if not, like we have the low end is great too. I don't even think we got around to some of like the, uh, the, the, because there are so many, um, dishes that are just associated with Chicago. You would have needed five more days to get through them. I mean, the first one being Italian beef. I don't think we got to
1: one of those. We didn't get to them. Where would, where would you go for Italian beef though? A Um, few favorites.
0: Well, if you're downtown, you can't go wrong with Portillo's. It is a place that everyone will tell you to go. And it's one of those places that I would say it's, it's worth it. it. Even though it's it's touristed, it's worth it. It's good Italian beef, long lines, weird atmosphere, uh wacky long line, but very, very good. Um if you want to get out of the city, um maybe the patio in Little Italy by UIC Village, and you get to go and that's like Little Italy by UIC Village. That's University of Illinois, Chicago, one of our universities here, and that's sort of our traditionally Italian neighborhood. Um, Like you would find in Philadelphia, like just like a whole row of like Italian restaurants and uh, guys sitting in lawn chairs, smoking cigars in the middle of the day and in tank tops and gold, gold chains. You know, it's really nice down there. And uh, so go down there, have an Italian beef. Uh, There's and uh, what else? I don't think you had a he burrito. Did you even know I, what a I don't a even know what a
1: Hebrewo is? is, and I, no one even recommended that. I have a list a mile long here, and I only got through maybe a quarter of it, but no, I didn't get one of those.
0: I don't think this has fully been uh, gentrified or like embraced by the uh I don't even think Chicagoans really know how unique it is in the same way that like an Italian beef sandwich. You cannot get in Italy. The He Burrito Sandwich is a sandwich invented by the Puerto Rican community in Chicago that's unique to Chicago. Okay. And we have a big Puerto Rican, uh, you know, out by Humble Park where we rode our bikes to the end of the 606. That's where they invented the He Burrito Sandwich. What they do is they take two plantains, press them down, fry them, and that's the bread. Okay. And (laughs) and then, yeah, it's it's very healthy. It'll plenty of fiber (laughs) run right through you. Uh, and then they put like some garlic, mayo, uh, lettuce, tomato, onion, and then usually pork or steak. And it's a he sandwich. Got to get one burrito. of those.
1: Okay, all right. It's
0: just so like yeah, uh, Chicago style hot dog, of course.
1: Of course, and where would you recommend for one of those? Because I didn't, I only got one of those at the ballpark, but I did not get one like at a traditional Chicago yes. place.
0: And I don't know if you know this about me, but I am a graduate of Hot Dog University. This is a real place, okay? <laughs> People don't think it is. I'm gonna. I'm holding up a pen to. We're on Skype right now, right? Can you yeah, see? Yeah, I can it read that. that. It, it says Hot Dog, Dog. University. All right. It's, okay, I can show you the syllabus. It's um, somewhere on my bookshelf. It's a real place. Um, it's in Chicago. I just took it three day course on how to learn how to make hot dogs because I was interested in doing that. So I know this is something that anybody that knows about me, I take very seriously as hot dogs. So, Well,
1: you have long- a pen. I mean, yes. how more serious can you get?
0: How long is this podcast again? Because you want to talk about hot dogs.
1: <laughs> we can do a
0: whole nother a one. A whole
1: nother podcast. We'll do a whole nother special <laughs> one in person where we go around and eat every hot dog in Chicago. How about that? That would be amazing. Yes.
0: Okay. So if you're going to get the Chicago-style hot dog, Portillo's is a place that you can go to get Italian beef and a Chicago-style hot dog that I would also recommend. Um if you're in Logan Square, my there is a place up there that you can get one of the best hot dogs in the city. You'll love this because it's the best hot dog in the city, best fries in the city for like three bucks. And Sounds phenomenal. And it's called Red Hot Ranch.
1: Okay, Red when Hot lived, Ranch.
0: When I lived up in Logan Square, I lived off of Red Hot Ranch for three to four meals a week. So Red Hot Ranch I recommend and yeah. Cortillos. If you can get out of the city, you could try like a Gene and Jude's, but if you're in the city, Red Hot Ranch is my number one hot dog.
1: All right. So we got we got hot dogs, we got Italian beef, we've got the he Burrito. We have to obviously talk about Deep Dish Pizza, which is funny because when I talked about Deep Dish Pizza, it was very mixed uh, with the people in Chicago. Some people would say, you know, Trav, believe it or not, I live in Chicago, but I don't really love deep dish pizza. And and you were kind of one of those. Not not that you didn't like it, but you just said, you know, I, it's not like I eat it every day, like people would assume. And then there was other people like, no, 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 Chicago is all about deep dish. So let's talk about deep dish and where they should go because this is like this divides the city, right? I mean, there's like a few big places to go and. It's like where your loyalty is live. It's, it's like Cubs White Sox.
0: It's Cubs White Sox. It's uh, religion. Yeah, it, it is personal uh, where people uh, choose to go for their pizza. And you're right. Like I think deep dish pizza, I've always referred to it as a special occasion pizza. It's like you don't eat birthday cake every week, but you, could, you might have a favorite birthday cake nonetheless. But I mean, if I have my family in town from the East Coast or from Atlanta or from Texas or from my brother still lives in Japan, so when they come in town, yes, we are getting a Chicago style pizza now I might do that three times a year, and none of those times do I go out of my way to get it
1: right it's but. it's because someone else wants it same as like I, I we were talking about this it's same as like a cheesesteak for me in philly like. I would never not go with someone to get a cheesesteak if they're out of town, but I wouldn't on my own volition be like, yep, you know what I really want today? I want to go and get a a cheesesteak. It's cool when it happens. I have my favorites. I love that people fight about it, but I'm not going to do it on my own accord.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I grew up. Uh, one house down from the Malnati family of the Lou Malnati's fame. So if you put a gun to my head, I would say Lou Malnati's is my number one go-to deep dish pizza. But like I said, Chicago has a lot of pizza and a lot of thin crust pizza. And that's like for the most part what people eat. It's a little different because like I said, it's the square cut. What we call party cut pizza. Some of my East Coast friends like can't stand it. I like that you you seem to have enjoyed it. When Dude, you I, I
1: am not, I love all pizza. <laughs> okay. Equal opportunity pizza eater right here.
0: And honestly, like that's one of the awesome things about the pizza scene in Chicago, if you get past Deep Dish, is that we literally have every style. We have a very good New York style pizza. We have very good Neapolitan style pizza. We have very good New Haven style pizza. On the south side of Chicago, they have their own unique style of thin crust pizza, and it's, there's different places on the north side that do it a little different too, and it's also good. Um, Dude, did
1: you graduate from Pizza University too? I,
0: I didn't go to Pizza University, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm looking. I'm looking to to get, you know get a couple of scholarships. Maybe you can write me let a letter recommendation. <sighs> get me in there.
1: Get you in there. Um. All right. So Lou Malnati's a huge name in the pizza scene, deep dish pizza scene in chicago i did not get to try it i've heard a lot of people love it it's cool that that you grew up like right down the street or right next to those guys we went to pequod's i think Ooh. i pronounced that right yep, which right. i guess from what i understand is kind of the locals in the no place because there's only one of them i mean not that right. tourists can't find it obviously but it's a little bit more of a a hidden gem and i really like that and that's pretty good right you'd say that's yeah. a good good place for people to go
0: pequod's is great um the guy that founded—I don't know if he founded it—he was definitely the guy that invented the Pequod style pizza. It was a guy named Bert Katz, and he's had three different places. And I, Pequod's was either his first or his second stop on his pizza sort of legacy. And he Gullivers up in Rogers Park—that's another one. Pequod's, and then he went out to the suburbs from Morton Grove. He just passed away, um, actually. And Burt's place was his last place that he opened and actually ran independently. And so he has sort of like – Burt Katz is one of these guys. Yeah, his head is definitely on the Mount Rushmore of uh, Pizza in Chicago next to the Malnati fan, And like all the people that are on it like hate each other, I'm pretty sure, and like are like brothers and like somebody steps, somebody in the back. Like there's – that's like true for like all the
1: classic Chicago places. Um, Just a regular Italian family, man. Just a yeah. regular Italian extended family. Um, yeah.
0: Well, Burt Katz was funny though because he's he, he would always get offended if you asked him if he was Italian because he was Jewish, and he has a sign up in uh in in Italian that says at, at Bert's place that says e- Jews make the best pizza. <laughs>
1: So. Oh, got to rub it in, right? They got to <laughs> rub it in. All right. So we got Malna- Lou Malnati's. We got Pequod's. There, is there anything else that you recommend for deep dish? If someone's like, listen, I'm going to try all the, the three or four best deep dish pizzas. You got Pequod's, Lou Malnati's. Are there any other ones that you'd be like, yeah, throw this on your pizza tour?
0: Yes, I would. There's a, some big names out there. Gino's East, good, worth trying. Giordano's, good, worth trying. Paisano's. Um, the Pais- especially the Paisanos on state street, um, state and grand, I believe go to that. Cause that that place is really, it's not a place that you're going to find a lot of tourists at. It's really quaint and charming in like that old Italian type place where there's like a ton of pictures on the wall of like, you know, old baseball players and Frank Sinatra and, um, and all the servers that have worked there have worked there seemingly all their lives, you know, and like, you know, there's regulars and it's not really a touristy thing. So Paisano's is another good one. And if you do want to get great thing crust, go to the South side for Vito Nix. Nick's. But that's if you want to, if you really, that you really have to go out of your way. You really, I mean, but... That's you a are. trek, a trek
1: yes. to Vito and Nick's, a pilgrimage to Vito yes. and Nick's. All right. Yes. So we've got our pizza covered. What about some other places that you would recommend? Because I can go down the list of places that I went. You could tell me like yes or no. And then also, if you feel free to give me some other recommendations, like, um, for example, I went, as you know, to the Girl and the Goat, which is was recommended to me by a lot of people and um very hard to get in i was a solo traveler one of the benefits of solo travel is it just stuck me on the end of someone's table everyone else had a 2 hour wait i went in a good a fairly pricey um i know it's like the hip spot to be i don't know if i would necessarily like say you had to go there but it was it was decent
0: yeah i'm biased cuz i know the or, and have
1: formerly worked for the chef that runs the place. So just pre, pre-warning. but As some of I'll, you will find out th- throughout this podcast, Kevin has had almost any job imaginable.
0: Yeah, and I'll take any job. I'll do it all. Uh, yeah, I, I did work there for a short, 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 short period of time. and But, you know, it's Girl on the Goat, not a good place to go by yourself.
1: Yeah, and, and the, the owner was or the, the chef is a top chef winner and that's why I think it's so popular, right?
0: Yeah, and she she's really talented. It's I mean it's a place that ser- that specializes in small plates. So like if I go there, I wanna go with five friends is probably a good sweet spot. Everybody wears three things, and then you can try a ton of different stuff. If you're just one person, it's kind of it's a little more challenging and You sort of miss out on that sort of the the communal vibe that it's going for. But, I mean, that whole area that it's surrounded by, I mean, you really can't go wrong with a lot of restaurants over there.
1: And that's Uh, what? the What's that called? The West
0: Loop? Yeah, West Loop. It's Randolph Street on the West Loop. And you have, like, right across the street is Au Cheval, which is the, like, little uh, diner, hipster, you know, bar place that apparently has been named best burger by tons of publications and people wait four or five hours to get into that place
1: Uh, Uh, which i didn't do um i did have a really good burger and and i heard all recommend it quite a bit yeah so maybe i I would recommend someone check it out i don't know if i'd wait four hours but if you kind of can go on an off time and get it but a good burger i did have was at bad apple and i don't know if you've ever been to bad apple
0: up on lincoln Yeah, Yeah. up by Half Acre Brewery. Yeah, yeah, right across the street from Half Acre. Yeah, Bad Apple is great. I used to play uh, in a really bad softball team right across the street from there. We had to beg neighborhood kids to come join us because we could never get enough people on it. But I always know we're going to lose, but I'd always be like, well, we're going to go to Bad Apple afterwards. So I'll ride my bike five miles up there to go get our butts kicked in softball.
1: Yes, Uh, Yeah, Bad Apple. Good burger, uh, amazing cheese curds. Someone actually recommended He said, you could drive the two and a half hours to Milwaukee, or you could just go to Bad Apple and get the cheese curds there. And uh, they were awesome.
0: Do you know what cheese curds, did you know what cheese curds were before I, you I mean, them? I
1: I knew, I had had them different times at like festivals and stuff kind of before, like food trucks. Like there was a food truck, a cheese curd food truck. It's not in Philly. I forget where it is. Somewhere I've gone quite a bit and have had, but it wasn't like, I'm like, what's the big point? These aren't that great. And then I had them at Bad Apple and I thought, whoa, this is why people love cheese curds.
0: Well, the, you got them deep fried, right? Of
1: Yeah. Is there deep any fried. other way to get them?
0: Well, yeah, you can get them, just people buy them from the grocery store, just oh, sure, regular sure. cheese curds. And like a lot of farmer's markets, like the dairy farms from like, they'll have like 10 different kinds of cheese curds. I, 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 I wasn't sure if you even knew what they were. I thought they're pretty uniquely Midwestern thing, but I think they also do them in Canada on their poutine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, Bad Apple was great. We went to Longman and Eagle together, which is like a Michelin rated restaurant, but is, you wouldn't know. It's, it's. I, I guess I wouldn't say it's not fancy, like the food looks good and and it's kind of presented well, but it's not a, it's not that expensive. You know, we went and had brunch and it was what, like 12 to $15 for an, for an entree or whatever sandwich type thing. So Longman and Eagle, uh, I thought was really good.
0: Yeah. If you're coming to Chicago, I think it's one of the, one of the top places to go for food, like, and it's definitely worth what you pay. And cool ambiance. It's really fun at night, too. We, we were kind of seated in the corner at the bar, so we didn't really get the whole vibe of the place. And if you go there at night, there's like a ton of places around there to go pop in afterwards for a drink or just walk around.
1: And what neighborhood um, is that in, then?
0: That's Logan Square.
1: Logan Square, okay. So,
0: which Logan Square is one of the trendier um I don't even know if you could say up and coming. I think it's came. I think it's here. I it's think it's <laughs> arrived, right? Um, but, you know, a few years ago it was a mostly Mexican neighborhood and it slowly sort of transformed into more of an artsy foodie destination and some people argue it's one of it's the best food destination in all of Chicago.
1: Okay. Here are a few wrecks that I didn't get to and I don't know why looking at the list now but they're all peas. I'm not sure why that is, but we talked about Portillo's, so we said, yeah, go for Cheap Eats. Uh, Purple Pig.
0: Yeah, Purple Pig is another place like... Girl and the goat, you want a large group of friends. It's like tapa style. But and go with meat eaters. Don't go with vegetarians. They're gonna bum you out because it's a lot of meat and you're gonna want to eat all the meat there.
1: And that is right (laughs) down by the inner loop. So when I was putting all this stuff on my maps in Chicago, all these recommendations, before I had been, I I guess naively I didn't know it was so big. And you know, it's like five miles to this restaurant. And then then I put in Purple Pig and it was the closest thing to my hotel to the London house, because it's right there. Right across the river from the loop, so I mean that's if you're staying like right downtown, easy place to get to. Yeah, it's good. It's
0: it's not it's loud and it's like kind of chaotic. It's not like a romantic place. It's like a place you go with like friends, group of friends. It's really fun though.
1: Okay, Parsons,
0: Parsons Chicken. Uh, So Parsons Chicken and Fish is run by the same group of people that do Longman and Eagle, actually and it's part of their sort of little empire of restaurants and it is once again this is like a really this is a, another place where i'd kind of be like go with friends get a big bucket of fried chicken it's fried chicken i mean like in my opinion like fried chicken is like one of the greatest like he, like discoveries that man has ever had and i love all fried chicken you know all of it so It's good. It's a little expensive if you're just like thinking it's just fried chicken, but they do fried fish, they do sides, and they do craft cocktails and beer. And they have a nice little outdoor area in the summer that I definitely recommend. In the winter, it's kind of...
1: Well, Solst. no one no one's going to Chicago in the winter, hopefully. <laughs> I forgot, if they forgot. listen if they listen to the first five minutes, hopefully. <laughs> uh, no one's going in the winter. All right, so we got Parsons and the last P, again, I don't know why these all ended up being P. Uh the Publican, which we we drove by and is right in that area where Girl and the Goat and Aushevel that um that road is. What uh, why Randolph Street, right? Randolph,
0: right. And the right up Publican there. is just a little north on Fulton. Yeah, in sort of the meatpacking area. Yeah. Publican is probably in my opinion, I'm doing a lot of alliteration here with Pete, probably in my opinion, uh, publican uh, is probably, it's probably the most important contemporary Chicago restaurant in the sense that Paul Kahn, the guy that runs it, he is a Chicago kid, grew up here. His dad like worked right around the corner in, in the area and he grew up working in Chicago restaurants and you know now he's like won like James Beard awards for like best chef and he runs the Big Star. He runs Avoc, he runs Blackbird and also Publican. And the Publican is just a really fun like sort of German beer hall style restaurant but you know their focus is pork and oysters and beer. So if you like those three things
1: Go you'll enjoy Publican. yourself there. Yeah. Awesome. Any all right? So before we move on from uh, eating, because we have spent quite a ta- bit of time on eating, but why the heck not? Isn't that why people travel, right? Um, yeah, we
0: haven't even gotten to drinking. <laughs> right?
1: Is there <laughs> is there any other places that you'd throw out kind of quick hitters of like, all right, here are a few other names of of places that I'd recommend.
0: Uh, yeah, in that area, there's a place called Samitas Puebla in the sort of publican, uh, girl in the goat Randolph Street area, Samitas Puebla is this unique style of sandwich that you can only find in this small part of Mexico. And it's like a sesame bun with like a guacamole spread and a certain kind of cheese and whatever kind of meat you want on it. And it's arguably... Well, it's pro- well I shouldn't say arguably because of am I arguing with. I'm talking about my opinion. But it's probably my favorite sandwich in all of Chicago. It's Cimitas Pueblo. And it's cheap. It's good. uh. So check out that. And also, did you ever make it up to Revolution?
1: I did make it up to Revolution Brewing, which is a a great segue into drinking in a second.
0: Wow, that was seamless. I don't know how I do it. Um, Yeah, so I would definitely... Revolution is great food. And uh, and right around the corner from there is another place that I really like to go to that is good for drinking and uh, food. It's called the Boiler Room. And you can get like a pizza a tall boy of PBR, and a shot of Jameson for like, I
1: think, seven bucks. Wow. And the pizza's
0: really, really good.
1: All right. Well, so, hey, I'm putting it on my list for next time I come. <laughs> that sounds like a good way to kick off the uh, the day or our little eating tour. And speaking of drinking, so so we talked about Revolution Brewing. So I hit up three different breweries when I was there. Uh, four, actually, I should say. Uh, I went first night right next to um, Girl and the Goat was Haymarket, which, cool place to watch a game, beer, eh, food, pretty good. Um, so if you're in that area and you want to go to a brewery and you just want like, it's to like, it's like a cool sports bar that has their own beer. And the beer was, in my mind, just average, but they have good food as well. I went to Dry Hop Brewing, which is on Belmont. So on my way up to the Cubs game, I went to Dry Hop Brewing, which is a really neat spot, good beer, I'd recommend it. I went to Half Acre, which was probably my favorite brewery there in Chicago, just because the beer was all really good. It was a fun atmosphere. Um, I didn't eat there, but I really liked the beer. And then I hit up Revolution Brewing. Are there other, you know, what are your kind of thoughts on the brewery scene or are there any that, you know, I missed? I know Lagunitas is a big one, I'm supposed to do a brewery tour and I missed that, but that's pretty far for people to get to, correct?
0: Uh yeah, I mean it's it's on the south side, which to a lot of people is a no-go area. But I would highly recommend uh, checking out Lagunitas if you have the chance. Um, and yeah, I've not been to Dry Hop, i but I but I recommend Revolution Half Acre. Um, there's a place up on North Avenue called Peace um, in Wicker Park that there are a brew pub. And they don't really can or bottle their stuff that I know of, but you can. But they make beer. It's a It wins awards. I don't know what kind of awards, but there's awards.
1: Beer awards.
0: <laughs> I don't know how they decide that, but somebody did. Um, and they make they they do they do New Haven style pizza, but like it's pretty fun. You can just go there, and it is like a sports bar atmosphere, but the food is worth it, and the beer is really good. And uh, Pipeworks is another one that I would recommend checking out if. I know it's like one of these places that beer snobs like just go crazy for is Pipeworks. Um, So if you can make it over there, I highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, and I had a really good Pipeworks beer at Longman & Eagle, uh, a double IPA, I forget what they called it, like Ninja versus something. Ninja Um, versus Unicorn. Ninja versus Unicorn, there you go. And a four and a half out of five, I wrote it, I rated it Ah. here on my sheet. So that was a good, yeah, Pipeworks had some, that one beer I had was really, really good. What about some other places, like regular just drinking places, it doesn't have to be breweries that you'd recommend to people? Whether it be like I have a few that uh, that I have recommended that I didn't get to like for fancy, you know, kind of night out cocktails or just like, hey, here's a really cool bar, or a really cool, interesting place that you should hit up.
0: Yeah. Drinking, is, there are so many bars in Chicago. I mean, it's all we really do in the winter besides eat. So and Chicago has everything. But if you're my my favorite, you know, spots to just grab a beer. Up, one of them is a place called Twisted Spoke. And that is just north of the West Loop, kind of uh, it's in an area called West Town. And it has a skeleton riding a motorcycle uh, on the roof, spinning constantly. And in the summer, they have a rooftop that's just awesome. And that's... True for any place in Chicago that has a patio or a rooftop, go because it's just in the summer we embrace it so much.
1: That's one of the things that I, that I really noticed, and we we'll, we can get to that, but we might as well touch on it here as well. Is that in the summer? I mean, if it is anywhere close to a nice day, people are outside. And you you made a really cool comment to me that I remember was saying we earned it. Like we feel like we've earned the summer. So when the summer comes, it's just I mean everyone's out there biking. They're having uh, block parties. They're sitting outside. They're on the rooftop bars. They're on the patios. I mean, it's it's a pretty cool vibe. And I know that's how it is most of the time. You know, Philadelphia has a not the nicest winter either. So same type of thing. But I was just blown away. Even in Chicago, it just took it to another level.
0: Definitely. Uh, like we squeeze every last drop of decent weather like out of our year. Like the second it gets over fifty in the spring. There will be people at the beaches. There will be people demanding to eat outside. And it's the same thing if it goes to November. Like people will do it as long as they possibly can. And, you know, when we were riding bikes, we got off the that bike trail on the 606. And we went, we went maybe four blocks and went to two block parties. And I said, this is so Chicago. And I, the first one I said, I was like, this is so Chicago. Just a neighborhood block party. They got like a fun house. You know, they got a cookout. They, they shut down the whole street and then we turned a corner and we saw another one and that is that is Chicago people for you they we love the summer and I think that I think that's what surprises most people when they get here is how much we embrace it and how much stuff there is to do yeah that's that's that's, summer related
1: I completely agree I, I- I was shocked by how much there was to do because I guess I always said I, I don't want to go to Chicago in the winter. I want to go during the summer, which which is why we went during the summer, or why I went during the summer. But I, I still was shocked by the amount of stuff going on. Um it was more than your typical city because I think you're right. Like it's just, hey, we've been cooped up for like eight months. Like let me out. And um it was really, really neat, and the the block parties. I think that is that is a very Chicago thing. If you can get in, uh, you know, if you're walking around, I don't know, maybe make a friend, go to a block party, or someone invites you, definitely go because that's fun in any city. But yeah, we went through two within four blocks of each other, not looking for them, just happened to be biking down roads, and there they were. A, a few of the places that I that I didn't get to go to, and this is kind of a bar. I I didn't get to go to many actual bars because I went to so many breweries and I was always eating. You know, tough life. Uh, and when I, and I did some of the activities that we're gonna get to in a little bit too amidst the eating and drinking. But uh Map Room seems like a really really cool place.
0: Yeah, I would definitely re- recommend Map Room. Um it's known as a traveler's bar. I don't know how true that is. I've never like popped in there and just been like, "Well, where are you from?" But good 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 beers on tap, decent decent enough service. It's not a place that I would recommend in the summer just cuz like once again, like people like we all look for places where you can sit outside in the summer. So that's, that's not a, that they don't, I don't think they have a patio or an outdoor section, but, uh, yeah, Map Room, one of the like classic craft beer places in Chicago.
1: The Green Mill Jazz Club. Yes. Or the Green Mill Jazz Bar or whatever. Yeah. That's like the Al Capone place, right?
0: Yeah. It's one of the, one of the, one of the many, and it is a little slice of Chicago um that you just couldn't recreate if you tried it 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 goes it goes back to the prohibition it's up on the north side and kind of a dicey area on the north side north of wrigley field um in uptown and uh but it's a jazz lounge you're not gonna get the best service you're not gonna have like the best drinks i don't think they have food it's gonna be crowded but like the ambiance the history in the building and you just can't replicate it. So if you get a chance, that is like one place that I would definitely say next time you go to Chicago, you should hit up.
1: Okay. Green, green mill. There you go. Scofflaw. I've heard from people and I think that's cause it's a gin bar and people know that I like gin.
0: I think I sent you a tweet like, like, in the winter when you had said something be like oh yeah i'm really getting into gin i was like go to scofflaw it is an all gin bar
1: yeah which uh, i didn't take your advice on that one because i didn't have time but yeah. hey
0: and it's a little it's a little it would have been a little out of the way for you i mean cuz it is sort of uh well i mean it's close to where parson's is but it's a little further west um but yeah scofflaw great like and i think they're like award winning with something over there their mixology Dude, uh, just
1: make up an award. Remember, yeah, everyone's no, they, believing everything you they say. Won. They won the 2015 yeah, Kevin House Hyperbole Award.
0: <laughs> and it's, they're very proud of it. I'm going to go deliver it today <laughs> on my bike.
1: <laughs> uh, Jin, Jin University, um, um, <laughs> yeah. the Gin University Award. Uh, the one thing I didn't get to do the signature lounge at the John Hancock, which we we said in the beginning. I kind of teased this out in the beginning that we tell people how to get like some of the best views of Chicago. And the next two I'm going to give are are the are these. Not just cool for what for the cocktails and stuff, but also for the views. And the signature lounge at the John Hancock is on the ninety sixth floor, and uh, and that's what everyone recommend. They said you know don't go up in the Willows Tower. I don't know how much it is, but it's like twenty thirty bucks to go up in the Willows Tower. Here you can go up to your lounge ninety sixth floor, get amazing views of Chicago for the price of you know an overpriced cocktail, probably what fifteen sixteen bucks. But you go up there, you sit there, and uh, you can enjoy it. And I guess they do have food up there too. I, I assume it's pretty pricey, but.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sure. If, I think they did switch the chef, but last time I remember it not being very good. But yeah, I think you can get a beer for eight bucks up there. So and, and yeah, you don't you go to Willis Tower, and actually, I think you get a better view on top of the John Hancock. I mean, in Chicago, we have some of the tallest buildings in North America. John Hancock's in the top five, and when you get up there, I mean, on a clear day, you can see to Michigan, you can see to Indiana, you can see to Wisconsin, um, and. And you just sort of see, like, it, it is a really beautiful sight, like, just to see this giant sprawling city right on this sort of giant blue lake that if you didn't know any better, you'd think that's an ocean, right? Um, so, yeah, go up to, if you get a chance, go up to the Signature Room, uh, skip the Willis Tower for sure.
1: All right. And then one place that I did and get don't to Don't go-
0: call it the Willis Tower to any Chicago either. They will oh, yeah. quickly jump down your throat and say, no, that's the Sears Tower. That's- we don't call it the Willis Tower. They the take Sears these things very personally, okay? <laughs>
1: the Sears Tower. Don't go up the Sears Tower or the Willis Tower. Yes. Go up to John Hancock to the Signature Lounge, 96th floor. The one rooftop that I did get to hang out on, and this was at my hotel, and I did this the last day, and it was awesome. And Everywhere I went around Chicago, when I said I'm staying at London House— Everyone said to me, Have you gone to the rooftop? And I was like, Listen, I know it's cool, like, because I'm staying here and I see people actually waiting in line for the one elevator that goes up there all the time at night. But, you know, every single person was like, Go there. So it's like the it spot right now in Chicago, I think. And it j- makes sense, just opened a couple weeks ago. Um, but it was awesome. So it, it, they have a rooftop bar on top of the London house on the 22nd floor. And uh, you get amazing views, like looking down the river. You can kind of go around the bend and look out over the lake. And it just was... It was awesome to sit up there. And like you said, people want to be outside, right? So yeah, you're not on the 96th floor. You're not seeing everything, but you're right there. You know, you can look down Michigan Ave. You can look down the river. Um, The cocktails were good. You know, not not like that overpriced for what you get. You know, you're going to be up there. It's like 13, 14 bucks. It was incredible. And to sit outside and like just be there, it was... It was like a perfect hour and a half to just chill out and uh, and experience Chicago so I don't know if you've gotten up yet but if not you got to get I, up there Kev.
0: I have not been up I know that it was it's easy if you have a reservation or if you have a hotel right I think they just let you in right it's a little harder to get in I think they're changing the reservation but yeah right now it's literally the coolest place in Chicago was the London House Hotel and you're not you're like you know I've seen the pictures and I've been in a lot of the buildings, but have similar you know, similar stories. And sometimes it is cool to sort of be in the middle of those buildings. Cause you can kind of tell how giant everything is around you. And, um, and the architecture in that particular area is just, it's, it's really impressive. I think that's something else that really surprises people is, is how big Chicago is like with its buildings and its skyline when you get here. Cause there's no other American city. I think besides New York where you, always know you're in a city.
1: Yeah. it's it's. I mean, when you're in... Well, what was surprising to me about Chicago, one of the things that I, I liked it more than New York for this reason was that when you're downtown, when you're in the inner loop or on Michigan Ave and all that, and you're in the big buildings, I mean, you're like, all right, I am in a city. Like, this is what a city feels like. But it was so easy to get out of that, whereas if you're in Manhattan... I mean, you go over to Brooklyn, you can get out. But on the island, on Manhattan, you know, it's just... Other than a few parts of going over to Greenwich Village and stuff, I mean it's just skyscraper. You know, you're, it's big buildings, it's big apartment buildings, everything like that. And so you have all those big buildings downtown in Chicago, and then a couple miles north, not even a couple miles, we're talking like a mile and a half north, you get into neighborhoods, which I did not expect at all. You get into like two, three story brownstones with tree lined streets and yards and uh, it was it was neat to kind of get out into the neighborhoods because they felt like a little slice of suburbia that just happened to be connected to another suburbia, another suburbia, and then a huge city.
0: I think you had said it, and it's cliched, when cities claim to be a city of neighborhoods. But, I mean, Chicago really, really is. And people are, like, strict about, like, where the delineation of the neighborhood, like, no, you're on that side of the street, so you're not in this neighborhood. And, like, this is a different neighborhood. And that's just the way that Chicago's always been set up. I mean, originally it went down through ethnic lines, but now it's a little mixed, more mixed up, but the neighborhoods in Chicago, each one of them has such a unique feeling to them too. You know, you can, you can definitely get a different vibe and different feeling, a different set of architecture. And when were these buildings built? And, you know, that's, I mean, I, when I was messaging you before we met, like one of my big things was like, just. Please make sure you get out of downtown. Like just please make sure you do it. Because it it, it you know, if you just stay downtown, it's just like yeah, like you said, it's like going to like Times Square and like being like, well, this is New York City. I guess New York's a lot harder to get out of the, the central area and it they trap you a lot better. Uh it's a lot easier to get out of, of the, the main touristed areas, but um not everybody always has like a person to sort of pull them out there. But I mean that's where Chicago's Real charm and and the the fun of it all is is everyone's got like yards, backyards, and and people are we- invite you over and every you know I spent pretty much my whole weekend in people's backyards like that's yes. all you know.
1: I think that's where it shines and and when we say you know downtown, it is uh, when you're referencing downtown, we're referencing like the the city center, like the the loop and right across. But I mean, it is it, we're talking. You can walk out of downtown to the neighborhoods. I mean, you go a mile north of the river and you're starting to get into the neighborhoods and you know so if you get a bike and we'll talk about biking in just a moment and and you know we did a lot of that but if you get a bike or you hop on the metro another thing we'll we'll talk about um it's really easy to get out and into these neighborhoods and so what I like to do and and you know cuz we were talking about this a lot and people listening probably know is I love neighborhoods I love getting out I love kind of just wandering out and seeing the areas so You know, what I traditionally do is I find a restaurant or a bar or a brewery or something that I want to go to, use that as like my focal point. All right, I'm going to get here. And then inherently, you're going to different neighborhoods. You know, so you have like a target goal. At, or, you know, I want to go to Wrigley, okay, for a game, not that, I mean, why would we want to go see the AAA yeah. Cubs, right? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, you go up to Wrigley, and then all of a sudden you're in Wrigleyville, and, and so you have that. So use like, find a point that you like or something you like to get you out, and then wander around from there. And I think that you're right. Chicago really shines in that way, and is much different from New York, in that it's really hard to get out of New York unless you're heading over to Brooklyn, and here it's really, really easy to get out. Right,
0: yeah, I, yeah, and you know, I don't always like that, uh, like, when we talk about Chicago that, like, we have to, I mean, it's inevitable that we compare it to New York, because, like, it's really the only other city that's like Chicago that I've been to in America, and I think I've been to most of the cities, so, but yeah, I mean, and New Yorkers are always shocked when they come, they're like, what, it's so clean, like, you guys don't have garbage in the streets, like, what the, you know, because we have alleys, um something we, we built them after the Great Fire destroyed everything a couple hundred or hundred and so years ago. So like it's, it's when you go to Manhattan in July or August, it smells really bad. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, you know, New York is a little harder to love, but when you do love it, you love it fully. Chicago is very easy. and you come here in the the summer, sorry, I almost said winter. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> to just, to just be like in awe, especially because people have, I think, generally not the best expectations or they don't, I mean, everybody knows what New York looks like. Everybody's seen a Woody Allen movie or a Spike Lee movie or so, you know, and they see those opening shots and they're like, that's New York, right? Like, you know, and so Chicago uh, has a lot more opportunities to surprise people.
1: Um, I I would agree. And it definitely did with me. And I didn't, as I mentioned, naively was kind of surprised at how, sprawling it was and like oh wait aren't all the restaurants that people are recommending me on the same area i don't know why i inherently thought that because they're not at all but i was surprised and shocked in a in every in the best sense of a word in a very good way This is the end of part one of our Chicago Destination Diary episode, and because Kevin has so many amazing stories and there's so many cool things to do in Chicago, we decided to split it up into two episodes. So if you liked part one, don't forget to tune into part two, which if you're listening live, you can check that out tomorrow. Thursday is when part two is going to come out. Of course, you can get that on iTunes. You can get that on Stitcher. However you're listening to this, we will have part two of Chicago Destination Diaries coming out. And in part two, you're going to learn about the best ways to get around Chicago, why we consider Chicago to be the best city in the United States for one specific thing. We're also going to talk about the sports scene and all the amazing things that you can do, including how you can go to two baseball games while only riding one train line and also why there's always something free to do in Chicago and what some of the best free activities in Chicago are. So if you want to listen to that, you can get it on iTunes, you can get it on Stitcher. Of course, you can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. And don't forget, if you want to get the show notes for this part one of Chicago Destination Diary, you can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash 236. You can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash 236. And if you want to join our email list, We'd love to have you on there. All you have to do right from your old phone right now is text PEANUTS, P-E-A-N-U-T-S, to 33444. Text PEANUTS to 33444. That'll get you on our email newsletter list. You'll always be kept up to date of all the cool things that's happening over at Extra Pack of Peanuts. Thank you guys for tuning in today, for making this an awesome episode. Of course, for the ongoing support, making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And until next time, happy free travels.
0: I is the